everybody, and welcome to... Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics! <laughs> wow, and we got the laughing this time, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like a lot of uh, internet personalities that I uh, stalk have, like, names for their, their audiences and or followers, but whenever speaking in Skeletor voice, I want to call everyone fools, and I don't <laughs> think that's a good... I mean, it my, might be correct, but I don't know if that's good from a marketing standpoint. No, no, no but uh, my personal favorite was always he fool. Oh, yes. Yes, he fool. <laughs> All right, stop it, stop it. Um, so we're going to talk about movies and not He-Man. Yes. Uh, unless you want to talk about He-Man. We can always talk about He-Man if we have time, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, the DCEU. Or... As it's referred to inside the DCEU, DCEU, uh, the DC uh, Wonder Brothers movies. Yeah, something. I, uh, I went to the uh, the ad hoc um, bastion of all human knowledge, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and it refers to it as this is the this is the first sentence the the DC extended universe, and then the paragraph starts the Justice League universe, more commonly <laughs> known by its unofficial name as the DC extended universe. <laughs> Yeah, apparently the DC Extended Universe was a joke that an author made in one of the articles. And since <laughs> it makes absolute sense, people ran with it. And because the DCWB, for reasons beyond comprehension, they just never adopted it. And they're always like, they've, always, they've been saying to themselves, apparently for the last several years, why the hell do you guys keep calling it that? Uh, yeah, because they do not understand how culture functions. It, <laughs> at this point, it does not matter what they decide to name it, even if it is apparently, like, Wikipedia claims it's the Justice League universe, but is it so isn't. Horrible name. Yeah, it's so bad. It's terrible. <laughs> they could just call it the DC Cinematic Universe, and that would at least have some, le- but then they can't do that, because they then they would remind people of Marvel. They're they're just hosed. <laughs> Well, and it's one of the things where the problem with the DC WB universe is that most of the damage that's been done to it has been done to itself. Oh, yes. Like, Marvel was that's never really in a really competition. Hurts. And then the WB started up, and Marvel still wasn't in a competition. Yeah, the uh, that's that's sort of the sad thing is that the only like truly memorable and lauded in any way culturally, like yeah, crazy fanboy people will defend Batman v Superman because uh, being a, a fanboy is like being in a cult. But <laughs> we all know that the only ones that matter are the Donner Superman movies, the Tim Burton Batman movies, and the Dark Knight movies. Those are. <laughs> Well, Those are the only not, ones anyone will care about in the future. It's not even the, so much that there's a sort of... The way people react to people not liking Batman v Superman, it's either in the vein of you just don't understand it, or you just like Marvel movies better and won't admit it. Oh. And I'm just like, you know, I can understand a movie and not like it. And I can want to like, I can like watch two movies from different companies and be like, I like this one because I like it more, not because it's Marvel, (laughs) but simply because I have more fun at this movie than I do with this one. Honestly, a lot of that, and I'll I'll attempt not to just 
derail this into a, a broader discussion. Uh, but my my like thesis as a, a, a an intermittent educator and just person who writes things some put out in the world is someday I want to even just barely, even if it's just like a, a plank length of movement, I would like to move the needle on people being able to understand that because they like something doesn't mean that it has to be objectively good and you must spend it as though it is objectively good. Like, I just, I want to, in a little drop in the ocean way, contribute to the idea that maybe criticizing things that you like is fine. Well, not only that, but uh, I... As you, know, as you know, for a while, was very much into Kolchak the Night Stalker. Oh, Kolchak. Yeah, it's great. It's a great show. If you guys don't get the chance, Kolchak the Night Stalker, Darren McGavin. Beautiful show. <laughs> Not that great. But it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone were to come up to me and say, Kolchak the Night Stalker is a terrible show, I would say, A, shut your dirty lying face, and B, yeah, it's not, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of things that... that you and I love are trash. <laughs> They're trash media. And it's like, I also, and I'll still like, I have those, I have those reflexes. Uh, if, if people are, are mean to something I like, I still have that immediate impulse to be like, how can I best destroy this person and make them question their value? <laughs> but I stop myself <laughs> and I don't say those things unless it would be really funny. Like, right. really funny. <laughs> well, yeah, this is called being a decent human being and someone who likes a good laugh. Now, <laughs> anyway, I, back I think to the topic. biggest issue that the DCWB has is Marvel has a Kevin Feige, and I know this has been hyped on, but this really is, it, it goes back to having a structure about who the face mm. of Marvel is. The ship is being steered. Right. We have like whereas now with the DC and the WB, we have Jeff Johns. Yeah. But and he's but he's, he's still like co-steering. Right. Well, like he he kind of base he's basically taken over. Like he he directs where things go, but he mm. doesn't address anything. Like he doesn't mm. do like press junkets or anything. He, like, he doesn't do any of that. He's basically much more behind the scenes, and he likes to just watch the rumors go, which is fine, but that's how you end up with the story of there are five Joker movies. <laughs> and everyone yeah. mad at you, and you're like, why are you mad? You're making five Joker movies. No, I'm not. It becomes like the current White House of, who told you that? That's fake news. <laughs> no one said that. Where'd you get that idea? Uh, but this is far more important because it has to do with superhero movies. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, American politics and their effects not only at home but also in the international community. That's that's a thing, I guess. But and, and, we're talking you, superhero don't get me started movies. Started on this on how depressed I am that there are people who don't know how many members of Congress are, but can tell me in minute detail exactly, <laughs> like. How all of the DC movies interconnect in some way? Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, the, I think one touchstone for for our getting into this conversation, though, just as a, a lay of the land thing, as you know, and as has come up on on the podcast before, I love Superman more than I love probably any other thing. 
Like, I I have Superman instead of religion, and that's just how my <laughs> life functions. And that has caused me to, like, I especially, like, this was especially causes problems critically, because I had a really difficult time coming to grips with all the problems in Man of Steel. And I still will defend parts of that movie pretty strongly, right. which we'll talk about in a little bit. But... Right. I don't care that Justice League is coming out in the near future. I know. I, I'm so much more excited about Thor Ragnarok, which <laughs> will be out like when this podcast hits. Uh, I'm so deeply excited about that movie right. and all the things that all the potentials that it has than I am for what the DC movie cinema universe show has been building toward for its well, its time thus far. Well, here's the thing. Okay, okay. so Justice League. There is a review embargo, as all movies have, and for those of you who don't know, a review embargo is every studio, when they release a movie, say also like gives critics, like, you can't release a review until such and such a date. Yeah, yep. it's it's not it's not uncommon as a practice, but how it's deployed will right. often tell you a lot about the studio's own expectations right. for a movie. And for Justice League, they lifted up. They'd said the embargo would lift the day before the movie comes out. Oof. Now they did the same thing for Wonder Woman. Mm. To be fair, but yeah, the it's, week it's, before it's Wonder Woman, they started addictive. letting people critics tell people. If they liked it or not. Not like all the mm. specifics, but just like, you know, the general overall feeling towards it. Yeah. And then they like they lifted it like maybe a day or two earlier. The problem is they're doing the same thing for Justice League, and I'm beginning to wonder if the people in charge even know what a movie looks like. <laughs> or is supposed to look like. Because Wonder Woman was clearly a better movie than the other three they did. But yeah, I don't uh, think they realized that until they started hearing people say they really like it. Because cause they, yeah. were, they were convinced that Batman v Superman was a fucking amazing. And then uh, when they got this huge backlash, they were like, what? Yeah, uh, it is It is as empirically true as possible for this kind of discussion that Wonder Woman is the best movie to come out of this so far. In <laughs> fact, I would I would go further to say it is the only complete movie to come out of this so far. <laughs> okay, Wonder Woman is kind of like The Force Awakens. Yeah, in which I see that. It has issues, yes. But the issues it has are normal, everyday issues that you see in other movies. Right. It, it, its problems are movie problems. <laughs> hey, unlike, well, it's like, babe, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, while not as horrible as the prequels, you know, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> The, the problems within them are really sort of jaw-dropping comparatively. It's like, what? what? Yeah. I still... Uh, like, in terms like of just you, narrative tone. Yeah, the fact that you have, to, you, you have to, you have to watch the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman to have any real grasp on why things are happening. And that's and, not... A, Good thing. That's one of the things where people be like, "Well, I, uh, you really, I think Batman v Superman, the director's cut should count." I'm like, "Tough shit. That's not the one they showed in theaters, buddy." I mean, I'm not insensitive to that argument, but right, like you're a Blade the, the only, person. yeah, because I'm a Blade Runner person. But to be fair, that took years. Mm -hmm. 
Like the bla- the the different cuts of Blade Runner are an artifact of a different time, in a lot of ways, and and also Blade Runner uh, was just better even in its release form. The things that they, <laughs> the, like bla- the 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 theatrical cut of Blade Runner is annoying because of a couple of dumb things that they did, right. but is still comprehensible as a movie. <laughs> Whoa. Whereas Batman uh, v Superman, I still love that the V instead of VS. <laughs> As if it's like a it's legal a li- case. like it's a court Which, case. By the way, I would have fucking loved a courtroom antics DC <laughs> movie for Batman is suing Superman. I would have fucking ate that shit up. Uh yes. Especially but if it was directed by Zack Snyder, because I have an odd fascination with like something that sounds that horrible being directed by someone like Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder is fascinating. We should get to him in, in uh, shortly, we but uh, but yeah, just the <laughs> so many weird choices, and it's clearly like honestly the the thing that is most fascinating about Batman v Superman theatrical versus director's cut is it's it's an amazing failure of editing. <laughs> it is one of the worst movies in the last twenty years. Uh, but we we shouldn't get sidetracked by saying by repeating things that we find amusing that are are despite right. making uh, fan people mad are are pretty right. easy to defend. I'm Let's... just going to say this one thing. Okay. Even though I think it is bad, I do not think mm. it is bad in the way that the room is bad. No. The room is. I I feel like we're laughing at Tom and Wiseau, and I don't like that. But uh, with Batman v Superman, like I understand what he's trying to do. Like yeah, it's pretty I... obvious. And it's it's a type of movie that is bad, but it would take someone of like of talent and competency to make a movie this bad, mm. because it's not like he's not swinging for the fences. It's just fact it's a weird sort of Venn diagram of too many studio notes and not enough mm. studio notes. And it's not like I will give I will give Zack Snyder shit all day for his personality <laughs> and for a lot of the choices that he makes that I don't think are good choices. But he has very good. He has skills. Yeah. I would never. I would never say that he is not a skilled visual artist, and then not a narrative artist of any stripe. But not only that, but like sometimes you hear him say what he what the movie is supposed to be. It's like I want to see that movie. I w- it's yeah, too bad it's you made like, this other movie instead. I would still like. I would still pick apart and have problems with the movie he wanted to make. But that's not really <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but no, getting back is, to the uh, WB and the DC. Yes. Okay, so going all the way back to Green Lantern, <laughs> which it may like Marvel movies have flopped or kind of flopped as well. The only difference is you never got there would never got this sort of feeling like the world was going to implode. Hmm. Because okay. here's here's my thing. Uh, okay. I, I I sort of agree, but I wanna I wanna tweak that a little bit okay. the thing is that marvel movies never have failed out the gate most of the times they will come come in with a really strong lead and like skid a little bit in the second one like that was until until winter soldier came out that was kind of their pattern iron man was great iron man 2 kind of didn't know what to do with itself right uh thor i don't care what anyone ever says thor was great and <laughs> well like and thor 2 had some great moments, as did Iron Man 2, but didn't really know what to do with itself. Well, like, Thor barely made his budget back. Yeah. 
Iron Man 2 made a little bit over this budget. Though it mm. did like, and The Incredible Hulk, people forget about that one. Yeah, we do. Right. It didn't make his money back. Oh, but, which is which is a shame in its way, but right. oh well. But the difference is like when you have, uh, let's leave Green Lantern out of it, I guess, because Green Lantern, even though it's a, it have almost unanimously piled on, it's oddly not considered part of the universe. Well, you know what I think Green Lantern is. At, you know what Green Lantern is actually comparable to? What? The Mummy. The new one. Yeah, it's a false start for a oh, uh, universe. That would be. That's a very good point. I think that that is probably. If if Univer- like Universal is clearly rethinking its shit, right? Uh, they saw what happened with the Mummy. They saw that it didn't work, and well, they're like, that, "That was like the third or fourth false start for them on this." Right, and I mean, in in a way, like the that's they were they were doing some other interesting things. I I am still a staunch defender of Joe Johnston's Wolfman. I get right. why other people don't like it, but I I am really entertained by it. That's uh, one of Benicio del Toro. Flawed though it is, yeah, that's one of Benicio yeah, del Toro. Actually, I, I, I saw someone saying online that they would actually prefer that to be the start of the Dark Universe because it's at least a movie as opposed to the Mummy, which is just a butchered <laughs> thing for Tom Cruise. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, I recommend The Wolfman. Uh, even even for its flaws, it has Anthony Hopkins doing some great scenery chewing. Benicio <laughs> del Toro can sell anything, right? And Despite the fact that they rely on CG more than I would like, it has some decent and interesting effects. Right. Um, that's for for being as much of a, a practical effects snob as I am, I still quite liked it. Right. Well, it also wasn't afraid to be a period piece, and that true. is super rare with monster movies now. <laughs> I, that's the thing. Monster movies seem to really want to take place in a modern era, but they don't really know how to handle it. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that's one of the things that, and we'll come back to this at some point, but I think that's one of the things that Japanese horror has understood far earlier than American horror movies is the horror of technology. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that DC universe. Man of Steel did okay. But even then, some of the backlash they got, the WB was like, oh, it's okay. Okay, we'll retool in it. We got to figure it out now. And they gave us Batman v Superman, which was basically like a base explosion version of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And then once they got the blowback for that, they're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, we got it now, we got it now." Okay, we're going to retool. We we fired these people, we fired these people, and okay, okay, we got it now, we got it now. And then they gave us Suicide Squad. And oh. the trailer got one kind of reaction, like, "Shit, you guys want that? Okay, 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 we'll fix that, we'll fix that." And I'm just like, you know, Marvel's had a lot of flops. And you know what Marvel did? They just made another movie. Yeah, nobody, nobody at the the DCEU seems to want to make a movie. They want to reactively craft a brand, right? Which is odd because Marvel is to blame for what is ailing DC right now, which is the connective universe. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be connected, and, and DC honestly, keeps want to do the opposite of Marvel. And yet, if DC was smart at all, they would actually do the opposite of Marvel and just have the movies be standalone. Yeah, I mean, they they did like the the thing that's a little baffling is the DC EU uh, is coming off of the Dark Knight movies, which right. were beloved. Even even the the as flawed as Dark Knight Rises was, it still has a lot of memorable stuff. And is striking and interesting in its way, right. and has some great characters and all that. And 
Like their their three movie Dark Knight universe is going to overshadow. Like it still overshadows the stuff they're doing now. Even right. though side sidebar, uh, Christian Bale Batman is actually the worst Batman. I- <laughs> Thank you. I agree. <laughs> Uh, What's well, also but, interesting but, is that the the Nolan Batman verse, those are standalones. Yep. You don't need to see one to enjoy the other. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, the the original pseudo connected WB Batman movies from from '89 Batman on through Batman and Robin hinted <laughs> that other DC stuff existed. Because uh, in in Batman Forever, when uh, when Bruce Wayne adopted adult Dick Grayson because of reasons, right. um, he like the, the circus moved on to Metropolis, and it's like, oh, it's a cute nod, but we're still just doing our own thing here. Right. They they not, they were. Like, you watch it now, and it's like the re- reverse engineering the Avengers trying to build up to the Justice League. Yeah, and you can't. <laughs> and it's gotten to a point uh, where okay, every like got, man, I think. Go ahead. Man of Steel, I think, has actually gotten worse now that they've made more movies. Like, I go back and watch it, and I enjoy it. Like, even the parts that I enjoy, I enjoy less, because I know what's coming. <laughs> because you realize what it was setting up, and it's not worth it. Ugh. Like, there, there's a guy at work. I work at a movie theater, and we have our favorite movies on our name tags. Mm. And his favorite movie is Man of Steel. And he likes... Batman v Superman. He doesn't love it. He thinks there's some mm. things that work and some things that don't. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I asked him what he thought about Justice League, and he's like, and I told him about the whole like embargo thing, and he goes, he says the same thing I said. They did the same thing for Wonder Woman, and I said yes. Here's what I think it is. I think that Justice League is going to be okay. It's not going to be as awful as Batman v Superman, and it's not mm. going to be great as Wonder Woman. It's just going to be good. And the people who won the WB can't fucking tell what a good movie looks like so they're scared <laughs> to which yeah they goes, don't they're they're lost in the woods <laughs> they are they're like the pictures are moving that's all we know what that that's <laughs> the, that's the bare minimum it has to do right and my Why, and, uh, and my friend at work goes i don't think it's even going to be as good as batman v superman oh and i was like well, you're the like he he's the guy they're going for and he has no faith in this and yeah, like, the, literally goes, because of the runtime, they cut it down. I'm like, okay, now that's silly. <laughs> Quite literally, the only thing that I'm vaguely interested in in Justice League, because here's the thing, um, I'll see it. Right. I'm not. I I'm not going to not yeah. watch it. Like, I can't, and that's uncomfortable in its own right. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Because uh, I'm getting a little bit better about this in terms of video games, although it's partly because I'm very poor now. Right. But I I just I don't buy things if they're if they're not gonna be if I'm pretty sure they're not gonna be good or they're gonna be forwarding something that should stop happening. Right. But with superhero movies, like I am I'm also that guy. I don't like Batman versus Superman, but I'm also your coworker who's like I'm not it's, I'm not even probably gonna like it that much, and I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Like he's gonna see it. He's as he quote to quote him, I'm just not gonna be upset about it. And I was like, I want you to understand, neither am I, but it saddens me to see a fanboy go, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, it's an obligation. <laughs> and that's what that's what the pe- like that's great for the people making money off of it, but it's really disheartening in a lot of ways. And the, the only thing the only thing 
I am curious and interested about is Aquaman. <laughs> I mean, I'm ve- like I want to be interested in Cyborg, but they haven't given me any indication of what they're doing with him. Right. And quite honestly, I I would also like to be interested in the Flash, but I'm not because they already did the Flash right on TV. <laughs> well, what's we've talked? To, well, we'll get into this. A little, I guess a little bit ahead, we can jump around. But I've seen trailers for the Justice League, and while I understand what's supposed to be happening, I have no real clue what's going on. And I know some people are like good because that's a spoiler. I'm like, no, that's called a fucking plot. <laughs> And it's okay yeah. for a trailer to tell me the fucking plot of the movie. Honestly, I feel like, and this is another thing of uh, of what I don't know. I think this is is a lot of of this is to blame on the culture of how trailers are made. Right. But this is something that Marvel has been again learning a lot from over time. I I know I, I probably harp on this too much as well, but I think the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are the pinnacle of Marvel movies in terms of like creativity in terms of what, what is possible and what like making movies based on the Marvel universe opens up. Right. And one of the things, especially with guardians Two, some of the best crafted trailers, because it got me really interested and excited about the movie and told me almost nothing about the second or third acts. Right. And like, and I don't want to know the entire plot. I just want to know the basic premise. Yeah, and none of the none of the Justice League trailers really have told me that much. Although, no shocker, the posters are hinting that Superman is coming back. What? Yeah, apparently. Did you know the Man of Steel who was like apparently nigh on indestructible didn't really die at the end of the movie <sighs> where he didn't really die? It's hard for me to even joke about this since I started collecting comics with the death and return of Superman. <laughs> 1993, never forget. But um, <laughs> When the, the news reported that Superman had died. Yep. 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 God, it's so stupid. Everything <laughs> about it is stupid. Um, I hate comic books. I love them, but they're awful and stupid. And, ugh, and I love them. But yeah, no. Ugh. I'm just gonna make noises into the microphone for the next half hour. Don't mind me. <laughs> did, did, now, now that we've crapped on the WBDC quite a bit, I think it's fair to give them credit for not just diversity in casting, which they're doing mm. a really bang up job on. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that they actually have, for all Snyder's faults, he has a distinct vision that they allow. Absolutely. And. People forget that for a while, Patty Jenkins was going to be directing uh, one of the Dark Marvel World. movies. Thor, Thor the Dark Marvel. World. Hmm? Thor the Dark World. Thor the, Do- Thor the Dark World. And people are like, why did she leave? I'm like, I'm wondering if it's because many directors who have a distinct visual style, when they Edgar go to Wright. Marvel, Edgar Wright, tend to bristle at the constraints that's put on them. Joss mm-hmm. Whedon, who has almost no visual style. Bristle yeah, this the fact that he couldn't do whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, again, the, going back, this this to me goes back to the the Guardians thing. Like they let James Gunn be James Gunn, right. and it was the best thing they could have done. Right. DC from the get go realized we'll just let them be them. The only problem is they they would then put bizarre constraints on them, and they wouldn't understand how to rein the talent in. Yeah, and so what you have is essentially, in a weird way, artistic anarchy, <laughs> because 
when the man directing your movie doesn't like the character, that should be a red flag. Oh, God. But instead, they're like, oh, this is edgy. Like, no, that's a red flag. No, that's not. That's not. This is, this is the way I eventually learned how to enjoy Zack Snyder's Superman. It's, oh, this isn't Superman. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Uh, the only because Marvel will make sure that you the trick. like the character, oh. or at least understand yeah. the character before they let you helmet. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the trick. There are the 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 things that you can suss out from Man of Steel that are Superman. There are essentially kind of two things: him putting on the suit and like running around learning to fly and being really happy. There, that's Superman. Good. <laughs> and also, weirdly. The movie has an excellent take, uh, which a lot of superhero movies and even a lot of Superman movies don't necessarily get, about what it is to be an adopted child of another culture. It really does. Like, narratively, it is one of the... uh, I will defend that to... uh, That is the hill I will die on. Like, (laughs) the weird dynamic... I mean, it's still very father-centric. Uh, oh, my dad and my other dad. Oh, my dad's blah. And the mothers are... She's very integral into the second movie. And yeah. after that issue issue is solved, we have another hour to go. But still, like the find you know finding out who you are and, and Jarrell being like, no, you're not a you're not Kryptonian. You're a child of Earth too. You're you're right. not just us. Like it's like oh, that's that's kind of lovely in its way. But but yeah, like that's that's the weird tension of DC WB movies is they at the outset will get people who are art like real like clear cinematic artists of some stripe. Right. And then, and then and rain them in. Like them or not, or, or tours to some degree. Like, yeah. They tend and to be very dictatorly in, in the, the style and vision for what they want to do. Yeah, just rein them in with like Kafka-esque insanity. Right. Well, <laughs> what's interesting is Patty Jenkins like even said like she filmed on location and they left her alone. Yeah. And yet when you look at Marvel movies, you have this sort of uniform uh, uniformity and mm. Outside of the James Gunn world, a lot of times, a sort of blandness. Like, Doctor Strange was beautiful in parts, but when it wasn't being dazzling, it was sort of visually bland. Yeah, that's that's why, again, that's why I'm so psyched for Ragnarok this week, to to derail again. Because it it really looks like the first of the main series, like, superhero Marvel movies, where they might be starting to learn that lesson. The only time I think that WB learned its lesson was Suicide Squad. Mm. Because I I know there's a lot of studio meddling in Suicide Squad, <laughs> and after Suicide Squad, we, there's been a distinct sort of lack of people complaining about studio meddling. At, the, at least publicly, <laughs> they they saw what they had wrought and right. backed up. And I'm pretty sure they didn't comprehend it, but they just had enough people complaining about it. Like, oh shit, we probably shouldn't do that again. Mm. And that that is one of the few things that gives me hope. Not for Justice League. I, I think Justice League is a lost cause. I don't think they understand. <laughs> I, I don't even necessarily think it's the fault of uh, the cre- like the creative people involved. Exactly. Right. I think it's just the fault of them wanting to have reached the Avengers point already in a, an absurd way. Right. Well, and again. Batman v Superman, the Wonder Woman we got is very different from the Wonder Woman we ended up getting in her own movie. 
Yeah, she was clearly not fully developed. Right. Like, and that one, she was like, I'm leaving the world of man. And by the end of the Wonder Woman movie, she's not doing that. Are you insane? Yeah, she's having and a good it's time. And like, I'll, I'll give the WB credit. They're like, you know what? Maybe we'll course correct. Not a major one, but this will just we'll turn a 180. And it'll be enough <laughs> of a difference that we can give it a better tone and it'll fit the character better. Because it, yeah. it is dark Wonder Woman, but no one cinematically really wants to go that route to start off. Mm. Especially right off of Batman v Superman was just, you know, this drumstrung of a movie. Yeah. Uh, just the success of Wonder Woman is Yeah, it's a bright spot. Right, uh, the there was a lot is... there was a lot riding on that movie, not just for Im- the the sheer embarrassment, honestly. If if DCWB has done one thing right, it's that they have absolutely shamed Marvel for not having a, a woman superhero movie well, by this that, point in their dominance. But Wonder Woman is the movie where they stopped reacting. Yeah. They said, well, we're going to wait how Justice League goes. And that made me a little bit worried because I'm like, okay, all the other movies you reacted to, this one mm. objectively does better than any movie you've done. And you're like, well, well, we'll see how the uh, the next one does. <laughs> and like, you know, if you were smart, you would... You would look at what Wonder Woman did right and what everyone loves about that and give us not all of it, but just a little bit more of that. You know, you know one of my uh, one of my favorite bits from the flawed but still entertaining RoboCop reboot. There's a point to this, I promise. Okay. Is when Michael Keaton's character says uh, when he's deciding what RoboCop will look like, people don't know what they want until you give it to them. Exactly. That's the point so, of the storyteller, by the way. Exactly. So if you are constantly reacting and trying to, like, figure out how to just be a weird mirror image of your already more successful competitor, then <laughs> you end up with Batman v Superman and uh, and Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, and it's just, ugh. It's more, okay. So after Justice League, we have the Flash movie, which rumors. This isn't. There's no solid fact on this. Yeah. But all signs are pointing that this could be a Flashpoint movie. Now, if you could that, you being a comic book person, explain to me what exactly a Flashpoint would be. It's. <laughs> you sound like I... I asked you to explain Crisis on Infinite Earths. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, it is that, because that's what it is. The thing about DC Comics, for those of you who who don't aren't comic people, is one of the main distinguishing factors between DC and Marvel since the 80s has been that DC keeps resetting their universe, um, <laughs> either completely or partially. The first one was Christ's on Infinite Earths in the 80s. They've done a series of ones since then. Zero Hour in the early 90s. Uh, sometime in the... No, it was, it was mid-90s. Zero Hour. Uh, Infinite Crisis in, I think, the early 2000s. Final Crisis. And then, most recently, what set up the, the new 52, which is the, the current uh, comic book DC Universe, is Flashpoint. Which involves time travel bullshit that then causes a slight change in the universe to where all the superheroes are the same, but a little bit different. And that then we go forward from there. So it's thought of like one of the suspicions for why they may be doing this is the, us, us, the sort of soft reboot 
is recasting Batman. Right. Uh, and it's... I mean, in 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 the show notes, you you were giving this sort of potential positive spin on it, but I, of course, am, and I, I think that the, there are good things that can come from this. I don't right. want to be defeatist about it. I think there are potential if they do this right, if they do it, and if they do it well, it could give them a chance to refocus and really dig into making these movies something special finally right well no and that's the thing like the idea like i the relationship between the wb and ben Ben affleck has Mm. grown toxic for like the last four or five yes i mean the the idea of his solo batman movie has fallen apart and that was kind of the thing that everybody was holding on to there for a while because he was going to write and direct it and now he's not doing either um the recasting of ben affleck as batman in that way, is sort of ingenious because it allows for the change to happen organically. Mm-hmm. My issue is part of that flashpoint. Also, also don't forget, it could give the them an excuse. Person- to, hmm? uh, it could also give them an excuse to erase Suicide Squad Joker. <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, maybe. Well, if we're lucky. If there's a god, <laughs> there's no god. Um, <laughs> the only person who understands or remembers this is the Flash. So, my issue with all that is, if that's if you do it wrong, it's going to require Flashpoint to be essential viewing. Yeah. And this goes back to the other complaint we have of the sort of industrial anticipation complex of you have to watch everything to get to the next one. Yeah, and I mean, this is, from a marketing standpoint, that's a good thing if it happens in a uh, an obnoxiously organic way. Right. Um, that's Which is one of the things Marvel walks that edge really well. Right. You... Like the the random person on the street who isn't obsessed with superheroes can go to just about any Marvel movie and have a good time. Um, it's starting to not get to that point. It's yeah, especially with the upcoming uh, Avengers: Infinity War. That right. that one, you probably are out of luck. But like, well, not only like even Thor. As excited as I am for Thor, I've heard a lot of people like the excited, but they don't. They feel like they have to see it. Yeah, and that's part of the thing is now. Superhero fatigue, I think, is already beginning to set in because now it's the I have to see it. So in case I do want to see the next one, I know. And quite honestly, I'm uh, there's a weird morbid streak to me that as much as I love superhero movies and superhero stories and superheroes and all that, I am so fascinated to see how this crash is going to happen eventually (laughs) because it will not last forever. uh, As with as with like the the prior dominance of cowboy movies or gangster movies in right. earlier eras or musicals. But we, or musicals but we haven't seen this kind of like huge dominance of a form and then it's eventual wind down and crash for a while right the closest thing we had that you and i had mm. was the action movies of the 80s Slowly becoming big budget action movies of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was just but even, a budget switch. Yeah, even that wasn't wasn't exactly a crash so much it was le- so much as it was like a skid into a different lane. Right, because Die Hard we happened, haven't... and that reinvented yeah, the playbook, and then we <laughs> exactly. just got better action movies. We got better action movies until we got like until they became uh, homogenized and, and boring. 
Well, yeah, now 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 we we're left with the children of Dialyn, and it's not so great. But I mean, we we have had some some real breakout interesting stuff over the last little while. The raid from a few years back really shook things up. Uh, yeah, the raid pretty well raid too. Yeah. Um. And and they were, I think, responsible for some of the the sort of cult hits like uh, Judge Dr- or not Judge Dread, uh, Dread. Right, Dread was great if you saw Dread. Yeah, if you have not seen Dread, you are part of the reason that action movies aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> He's both right and wrong at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm a bitter old man, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's. It's interesting because I don't think that I don't think that kind of slow transition into just a different form or a different budget structure or something can happen here. I think that superhero movies have gotten too big. They have to at this point burn out. Right. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's one of the things where like I used to watch some like movie punditry shows, but I don't anymore because all they're going to talk about is superhero movies, and I just can't give two shits. Yeah. Like, They're, I want to see them. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about them endlessly like we're doing now. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a reason we usually shy away from this topic in other episodes, because it is so dominant. <laughs> and I feel like this will probably be the only episode we do about this for a while. Even when Justice League comes out, I foresee a, <laughs> oh, hey, beginning of this episode, Ju- Justice League came out, and now that exists. So anyway, yeah. let's Once talk I about why Jack Chan is I, 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 I plan on being done with Justice League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like the the danger with the, the reboot thing, I think there are a lot of potential positives, but it to me is also indicative of it cause it accelerates fatigue. Because it does it with comic books too. The right. more times that you reboot, like initially it will be welcoming because it's like, okay, new status quo, the old stuff is not really required anymore. We can have a different focus. We can clarify these characters. We can have a nice, clean slate. Right. Uh, good to go. And, and that can that can draw people in. That can be a really good thing. But once you open that that Pandora's box, uh, it becomes a thing that people start relying on when things get stale. The right. you know the first Crisis on Infinite Earths happened in 1983, and before then. Superhero comics had come from the, the 30s. I mean, they, they'd shifted a little and they introduced alternate timelines and things like that. But the, the from the 30s to the 80s, we had the that DC universe. And then we started doing those every decade and then every, like, eight years. And, well, that, like, it, it happens faster and faster. Not only that, but the way they used to do it in comic books wasn't, like, so much an alternate timeline. It's like, we'll just start a new book. Yeah. And like, and that makes a lot more sense as opposed to let's just rearrange everything. Yeah, let's and blow up I, the pool to fill it up again. I feel like it. It worries me for the fact that it. There are opportunities for it to be good, but it continue. It, it continues some bad habits in the the sort of world building Justice League type stuff. As opposed to, as we were saying earlier, I think the stronger choice for them would be to focus on standalone or at least largely standalone uh, hero movies. Right. That would, I think, that if you look at, if they tried to instead go back to, to the Dark Knight and be like, let's let's make, you know, let's commit ourselves to a, a short series of movies about this character focused in a particular interesting creative direction and go. Well... It's one of the but things that, where... That will get you all the money in the world, though. That'll only get you most of the money in the world. Right. 
Recently, I did a, an article of uh, my top five essential comic book movies you need to own. Absolutely. Uh, right. Good stuff, by the way. And I, I love the fact that a lot of people love The Rocketeer. Mm, and the, the Rocketeer rock. is awesome because I don't need to see anything other than the Rocketeer. Nope. It is standalone. <laughs> it's standalone, but at the same time, like it sets up quote unquote a universe without making you feel like there needs to be a universe. Yeah, that's uh that just is called good storytelling. Right. Oh, you've crafted you've crafted a world that feels like it exists beyond the frame. Huh, how novel. <laughs> and yet we're not going to spend forever exploring that I- in perpetuity? That's weird. Right. Well, it's one of the things where, going back to the fatigue, I I guess because I work at the theater now, so I start to notice like there are people who just don't know about superhero movies. There's a large swath of them, and they're not nearly as popular as you would think. Mm. Nor, and like they like, well, that looks interesting, but they would much rather see something else that they haven't seen before. And yeah. It's, I don't even want to say it's fatigue. It's a matter of, you know what? You could do this if you would just... I dare you to do something different, but there's too much money involved. And I know people at home, uh, people listening are like, well, what's the point? I'm like, I don't have a point. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do points. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to solve this issue. It's a huge... This is a timeless issue. Yeah. I think that is one of the... Like, these... The there is a kind of false dominance also. Like the monetarily they rake in an obscene amount of money. Right. And especially for people like me who were crafted within a universe bounded solely by superhero narratives, they they seem like it's a huge thing for a certain breed of pop culture nerds. But also, I've actually learned recently, a lot of people exist outside of that bubble. Really? <laughs> what? Yeah. And in its way, I'm kind of jealous of that because, again, those people don't feel exhaustedly obligated to see Justice League in the way that I do. <laughs> like, if they see Justice League, they might be able to just be like, oh, here's a, a movie with superheroes. That's kind of interesting. Right. As opposed to me, who, and I think if I recall the way I described it when I was writing up notes, is it feels like a like a repeated familial holiday obligation that you're never able to get out of. And is just, yeah, this is what we're doing. All right. <laughs> well, and it's we'll also getting to the point where you, you talked about Iron Man two, yeah, and Thor two, and they didn't bomb horribly. They just didn't do well. They they were they were kind of unfocused, and they right. they. In fact, like, this was still early on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, they raised questions about, well, are they going to be able to to sustain this? And people still saw them, but because the movie was bad, they never questioned really, like, they questioned the fate, but not to, like, any serious extent. They were just like, it's just going to be how it is. Like, one uneven and two even and what. Yeah. And then we got Iron Fist. <laughs> and then they we went one step further and did the Inhumans, which is by the same guy. <laughs> is it? Yes, I, the I same showrunner for Inhumans. It's the same showrunner for Immortal Lion Fist. Oh and wow! It is astounding how united everyone is against the Inhumans. Oh, <laughs> but that's also it's, it's, it's also interesting had though. Like... A failure of that epic proportions with the comic book brand. Hmm. Like, Constantine didn't do well, but 
like it came and it went no one really noticed Constantine is a pretty enjoyable uh, popcorn movie though it I will is, say but like I said like even though it didn't do well it wasn't like universally reviled quite like the Inhumans is <laughs> but again you're the, the one of the things that's weird about the the horrible blob of media that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe is despite their their lofty goals initially the TV stuff doesn't really seem to count in the way that it initially seemed like it was going to. Right. I mean, Coulson's on Agents of Shield, but by and large, everything else has kind of dripped. Like even the the Netflix versus the t- the the broadcast TV stuff seems completely divorced from each other. Well, and that's like those the... those sound like two fa- those sound like two failures. But when I think about how they actually landed, they were more like one failure in separate areas. Right. It's one of the things. That feels well... like how they absorb. When it comes to Marvel television, it's not really a shared universe. And even the Netflix stuff wasn't a shared universe until the Defenders came along. Mm -hmm. Because really, outside of Bazaar Dawson, no one else guest starred on anyone else's show. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Iron Fist, you also got Hogarth. Like, there there were those little crossover things, but quite honestly. But, like, in terms of, like, main people. Yeah, but quite honestly, they functioned in a very comic booky way. They nominated exist in the same universe but they just sort of do their own things and well, it doesn't matter I mean, like, so... they, and, like, in the Marvelverse they, they all come together for one show, the Defenders mm. whereas the DC stuff you have crossovers Yeah, you'll have Supergirl with the Flash and Green Arrow oh, yeah DC is like television different. wise they're much more of a shared universe than the Marvel stuff is well because they uh, in ter- the, the thing that's fascinating about the Arrowverse DC stuff is it 100% understands one of the truths that comic book nerds hate to admit. <laughs> and that is that comic books are soap operas. <laughs> and comic books are soap operas and pro wrestling, and it is it is of that vein. Yes. And the Arrowverse stuff, like, it, they know that they're CW shows, and they know that they're perfectly suited to ECW shows and they succeed all the more for it. I remember seeing someone complain and uh, fighting for the fact that Arrow was better than all the CW shows because Arrow understood you had to have sticks. The Supergirl didn't have sticks. The Flash didn't have sticks. Arrow has sticks. I'm like, no, no, I got, I got news for you. What you're confusing for is not sticks. It's what grown-ups have as sticks. Emotional tie. Threats to emotional relationships. Those are valid stakes. (laughs) The world need not end for someone to feel threatened. Yeah. I mean, Arrow also has... Who may or may not leave the city, that's a stake Mm. because when someone moves away, that affects you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Arrow Arrow also has John Barrowman, which for a lot of people is the only stake you need. That's true. I I didn't realize that. That's that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no that oh that's another problem in a lot of comic book superhero stuff. People people maintain or people mistake apocalyptic uh, threat for for stakes when there are like look at the look at just the old fashioned story thing. You got all sorts of stuff: person versus self, person right. versus other person, person <laughs> versus the author. If you want to go meta, well, <laughs> and here's the thing: I'll give Snyder. It seems to me what he wanted to do more than anything else was Superman 3. 
Like, I get the feeling he desperately wanted to have Superman fight himself. Yeah, I could see that. And the best he could do was Zod. <laughs> and then the best because he that, could do I mean, was that is Batman. Also... Like, he, he... like, I think he's in his mind working up the, the goal to have Clark Kent and Superman be ripped apart and then fight each other in a dumpster. God, that's still... As as awful as Superman three is, that's still one of my favorite things. But um, Superman but I think, three, like, believe it or not, is probably the most comic booky of the early Superman movies. Hundred percent. In terms of the fact, because a lot of the early Superman books were late, they just gave up. It's like let's just throw them in a story. Yeah. And so Superman three, like, what do we have? We got a caper. Let's throw them in that. Yep. Uh, it's God. I kind of want to rewatch it, even though it does take a little <laughs> bit of bracing to do it, but. That's that is the thing. Like, I don't think Zack's. I don't, the problem with Zack Snyder doing Superman is, as we talked earlier, he doesn't get the character at a fundamental level. Well, but, I don't think he wants to. I don't. Th- I, th- I no, think he, does, he might uh, get it. She just doesn't like it. Yeah, because I think I think the idea of Superman is antithetical to his philosophy. Uh, which is, that's which one is of, he's made very clear what his philosophy is. Yeah. Yeah, he well one of the one of his life projects is he wants to remake the Fountainhead. I mean that I I will give him money if he wants to start up a Patreon or a GoFundMe. I will throw money at that. Because quite honestly, uh, I I have it takes a lot for me to feel bad for Ayn Rand, but I saw the first two Atlas Shrugged movies, and I feel bad for Ayn Rand. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> Those were so horrible. <laughs> But like, yeah, like, like it, they were they they were Tommy Wise so bad. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing though is is he so wanted to have like that Dark Knight Returns Batman who is a very like he fits that sort of Ayn Randish uh, mode right. and it, yeah that guy versus Superman that could be an interesting ideological com- conflict like translated to physical right. uh, interaction yeah he didn't get to do that but that's a neat idea. Well, here's the thing about about Batman and Batman v Superman. Because he's hmm. clearly, if not taken in, in, directly from, is heavily inspired by The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, no, it takes from, liberally. Right. And yet, the in the book, this is Frank Miller's idea of Batman at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is the beleaguered, elderly Batman. Yeah. And Zack Snyder read that and goes, nope, that's Batman today. Ugh. And I think oh. that says a lot about what Zack Snyder's trying to do. Yeah. Well, like, what what it says to me is that this is a terrible idea to lead into Justice League, but if you <laughs> wanted to do this as its own standalone thing, then that would have been way better. Well, I wonder if maybe he was even heading towards Justice League. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. And I think that I think a lot what a lot of people are picking up on. It doesn't feel like this was the next organic step. So, yeah, that's uh everything yeah. sucks. The world is on fire. And Justicles comes out in like four weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that that by and large, just going back to that core issue, they keep bringing on people who would be great to just tell separate individual stories about characters, and then make them fit this mode to head towards Justice League. And honestly, being free of Justice League is the only thing that, aside from kind of being interested in seeing Momoa as Aquaman, is really what I'm excited... Like, the one thing I can get close to be excited about is being on the other side of Justice League and then being freed up to do Cyborg or to do (laughs) Shazam or any of the other stuff that they're vaguely talking about getting around to one day. Well, that's the thing. Like, I 
would have no problem if they said like a year ago, we're scrapping Justice League and we're just going to focus on Aquaman. I would cheer. I would, I would be, I would be excited to talk about (laughs) superhero movies again, were that the case, as opposed to (laughs) just being like trying to diagnose them. (laughs) Heck, I would even want to see the new Flash movie. Even yeah. though I've seen Boomerang, and I'm hardly impressed. And I read that one Yaw. Flash comic, and I was equally unimpressed. But I like what I see on the television show. If your Flash movie doesn't have Mark Hamill in it, I'm already not wildly interested. I don't think it's going to have Mark Hamill in it. Boo! <laughs> you know what? I, I will give the television show credit. They went they went for it and did Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen that, but I kinda, I, I'm going to give it props. That, that takes a lot of creative uh, gonzo balls right there to be like, let's bring in the talking psychic gorilla. Woo! I think we can handle this. <laughs> I think the world is ready for a psychic gorilla. <laughs> you think it'll get confused with Planet of the Apes? Trust me, if we do this right, they won't even be thinking of Planet of the Apes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yes. All right, and with that, it's time to go. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, The Fundamentalists, Ladies First, and Unabashed Book Snobbies. And hey, don't forget to review and rate us on iTunes. That's how we get hits. And we are on iTunes, I swear. I know we are. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it yesterday. And I don't think Thad has a Twitter yet. Shh. Uh-huh. That's this flat tire. And I have an Instagram and a Twitter at Shea Sherman Fiction. And I have my Facebook at Jamio Sherman where you can reach me. Um, that's all we got for today, folks. Say goodbye, Fed. Farewell, fool. I mean, not uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you guys. <laughs>